welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hi, James. How is it going? It's it's a beautiful day in Encinitas, and I'm ready to go surfing. Awesome. Let's do this. Well, before that, Mm -hmm. we have some business to get to. Yes. Part two of a three-part question. Let's do it. Yeah. So the question high level, uh, for those of you who are along the journey with us, uh, was someone wrote in and they were hoping to hear about employee benefits such as 401k and stock programs. How do they maximize using those um, programs versus current near short-term cash uh, flow needs? Um, Should the stock... For the stock program, what's the difference between a stock option and a restricted stock unit? Um, and then should I maximize participation in employee purchase program? What's the risk of having all the money tied up with a single employer? Awesome. So we talked about this last week. All very good questions, but there's several questions in there. Right. So for today, we're going to dive into what's the difference between a stock option and a restricted stock unit. And we're going to lean more toward the one that we see commonly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a good plan. I think that's a good plan because yes, there is a difference and we'll, we'll briefly go over what that difference is, but then I think we want to spend most of our time uh, talking about the type of plan we see more frequently, which we'll get to in just, just a second. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, for stock compensation, one way that employers can give you cash is they can give you what we used to almost always hear is stock options. Mm-hmm. Now we hear more and more Restricted stock units or RSUs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so stock options um, are literally the option to buy a stock. So that you're like, what does that mean, right? So here's what it means. Um, uh, let's see, James, let's pretend that you work at, um, I don't know, let's just say you worked at Amazon and Amazon mm-hmm. was worth $100 a share. Yeah, so what is this stock? I, I always have the option to buy Amazon, right? Whether I work there or not. So. Yeah, so like you could you could obviously go step up and buy a, mm-hmm. one share of stock for 100 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Stock options back, what you'd see commonly is they would, to incentivize employees to go work, they would say, hey, we'll give you this option to buy the stock at a discount, mm-hmm. right? Is really what would be happening. So they would say, hey, if you step, if you, you know, if you wait around long enough, we'll, we'll, a couple things will happen. First of all, we're going to give you this grant of stock options. And over time, you'll, they'll vest, you'll be able to do with them whatever you wish. There's way more detail than I'm going to, than I'm going to get into today. But then if you want to uh, exercise your options, there's going to be a price that you get to you get to have that option uh, strike at, which is called the strike price or the exercise price. Mm-hmm. And so long as the value of the stock is above that exercise price, it's called in the money. There's money to be received for you, um, and you go from there. So you you and then there's different ways that you can exercise that stock. Uh, again, we're not going to dive deep into this today because we're going to focus on RSUs. But in the end, what basically happens is you you get these options that you can put to work for you. Um, and it's a different form of compensation. Got it. So with a stock option, I literally have the option to purchase my company stock. Yep. 
at what would be a lower price than what it's currently trading at. Yep. So it's essentially a way to make money on my company stock if the price goes up right. with my stock options. Yep. So great option or great, great plan. But what we're seeing more and more frequently isn't stock options. It's what we're what are called restricted stock units. Right. We see them all the time now. It's honestly rare to see stock options any longer, which there's two different types, incentive stock options and non-qualified stock options. We will still see them in private companies. Um, more often though, if it's a publicly traded company, more than likely we're going to see restricted stock units with, um, out with you guys and clients. Mm -hmm. So what is a restricted stock unit? Um, basically it's a way an employer can grant you shares of the company. Right is really what it is. Um, it it's literally the grant is restricted, um, and I said restricted in air quotes when I said that uh, because it's subject to certain conditions like vesting. Right? How long? How long? Which can be based on like length of of employment. Um, so they could be time based. It could also be performance based. Like, mm -hmm. did you guys hit these specific goals in order to get? to have these shares vest. More often than not, it's time-based, but performance-based can exist as well. Uh, and then once the shares are vested, you can either hold or sell the shares like any other stock that you own. Okay. Does mm -hmm. that make sense so far? That makes sense. So let's say I'm uh, as part of my compensation instead of my employer just paying me a salary and maybe a bonus that are also giving me these restricted stock units, which yep. is compensation, but I'm being paid in shares of company stock yep. instead of just cash. That's it. So here's the big kicker between a stock option and an RSU. Unlike a stock option where I said like pretended you worked at Amazon and you had a $30 strike price. Well, if the strike price goes from if the stock price went, let's say it was at 100 when you got it and you were so excited, you're just waiting for them to vest. Mm -hmm. And then that company, Amazon just did horribly and the stock price went down to 25. Mm -hmm. Well, your options aren't worth anything. Because I can't. Because the buy exercise it for 30. price is 30. So you'd literally have to show up with five bucks to get something that's worth, you know, you'd have to show up with 30 to get something worth 25. You're just not going to do that. So it's worthless, right? Mm -hmm. But RSUs always have a floor of zero. Right. So, so whatever the stock price is, there's going to be some value in that stock. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So with the stock option, again, you have the option to exercise if it makes sense to do so. If you can make money by exercising and buying the stock at a lesser price than what it's currently worth yep. outside of the plan. Yep. But like you just said, sometimes stock options aren't worth anything. If yes. The value of the company stock goes down and you can buy it for a higher price than the strike price. I'm sorry, buy it for a lower price. Yeah than the strike price. Um, I just mixed that up. But yes, there's... He, what you're getting at, you don't need to stop. It's okay. I, it, it, here's the thing, guys. It gets confusing really quickly. But here's the key. It's if, if, you're, if the stock price is underneath an exercise price and an option, we call that being underwater. Not worth anything. And if it's underwater, it's worth nothing to you. Right. Right? RSUs can't go underwater. Mm -hmm. So they're actually kind of, it's a nicer way for you to get stock compensation in some ways because of that, right? So you, you can, RSUs will always have some value, mm -hmm. even if the stock price drops dramatically. Yeah, and that's just the example option, we were giving here. The value of an option is the difference between a strike price and the value of the company, whereas right. the RSU, the value of it is just based upon the value of the Whatever stock. Whatever the stock price is, so long as the stock doesn't go to zero, there's still value There's in value it. there. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So so th that's the key of what an option, or, or pardon me, a restricted stock unit actually is. 
And then the one of the keys we have to think about is um, that vesting schedule, right? Yeah. So, so let's talk about that. So let's let's say I work, go work for and we'll use Amazon again. Okay. I show up and they say, "Hey, James, uh, as part of your compensation, you get a hundred shares of Amazon as part of your restricted stock unit right. package, your RSUs." Mm-hmm. Uh, do I now just have 100 shares of Amazon that I can do whatever I want with? Yeah, so more than likely, it's going to have a vesting schedule associated with it. And what that, let's just make it really simple. Let's pretend that you got four, 100 shares, and let's just assume that they're gonna, it's going to vest over four years. So a year from now, you're going to get 25 shares, and then the next year you'll get 25, and the next year you get 25 more. Right. So four times, mm-hmm. and then you're all done. So there, the value of it isn't really yours. In a, in a restricted stock unit until it vests. Mm-hmm. And the moment it vests, um, it does count for you as compensation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's the company, in this case, Amazon, trying to incentivize me to care about Amazon. It's, it's a way to tie Amazon's performance to my performance. Yeah, they're going to say, like, say like, hey, we're going to give you this awesome bonus package. Yeah, It's tied to our company stock. The better our stock does, the better you do, mm-hmm. right? And uh, here it is. But you have to sit, if you, but also we're going to ask that you wait for a period of four years or there are different vesting schedules for different companies, um, but you don't get all of this right away. Yeah. You get part of this benefit every year for four years in this example. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Just a really simple example. Okay. So that would be a time vest, right? The other type of vest that you can do, which you don't see as often, are there can be, um, there can be performance vesting schedules. So, so what's based the difference on, there? So it'll be, it'll do this right into the contract that based on the performance of the company or based on the performance of specific requirements of you um, within the company, they will then vest based upon your performance. Mm-hmm. More often than not, you see time is the vesting mm-hmm. um, component for people. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let's assume I get these, uh, these RSUs, these restricted stock units and that they're vesting. What do I need to keep in mind from a planning standpoint? How do I deal with that? Does that money just become mine? Do I have to pay taxes on that money? Yeah, What's so the next deal? Let's just break that down really simplistically. So let's just assume that you had, um, well, instead of a thousand, let's make it a, two, a thousand instead of 25, because that's just way more exciting, right? But so 250 shares vest for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happens, um, the you know that that occurs that that two that 250 shares becomes valuable right mm-hmm. away right uh, when that happens it actually the way that it's written it actually becomes like income for you mm. right so right when that rsu hits um let's just let's just pretend that um 250 shares is equivalent to um, $25,000. Let's just, we're just making stuff up today, right? So we can do this. So what'll happen is they'll go, hey, 250 shares vested. It's worth $25,000 for you. So we're going to go ahead and we're automatically going to withhold um, some money for taxes for you. Because what's happening from a tax standpoint is it's as if I'm earning $25,000. Right. So the simple way to think of restricted stock unit is it's kind of like you just got paid a cash bonus. Yeah. But it's just paid you in the form of stock. Yeah. Right. So typically what we see happen is when that RSU pays, the if, if 250 shares come in, they will take more often than not some portion of those shares and they will the company will take them back and use those to pay for your taxes, do the tax withholding, and they'll give you the net shares that are left over after they've withheld for taxes. Mm-hmm. So if I receive 250 shares at $100 per share, that's the $25,000 that we just mentioned. So what happens is I don't actually receive 250 shares. You're saying saying that some of those shares will be used for my employer to pay taxes for me and I'll receive the balance. Well, to be clear, you did receive all 250, 
but they just went ahead and took some of those for you on your behalf to pay all those taxes that you're going to have to pay, mm-hmm. right? So, so I might just, end up just with- Just like same way that you get paid from them by a paycheck every single time, right? But they still take part of your paycheck to go pay the government for you. So you don't get in trouble with the government later. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing here with your RSUs. Now, how do they know? So they, they, they're withholding. Are they taking a detailed look at my taxes? Are, is there any formula that this is based on? When, when my employer is withholding, is that a good place to start? Like, is that enough? Or do I need to do any proactive planning to make sure that uh, maybe I withhold more? It's almost like you're leading with that. <laughs> almost. Uh, so, yeah, when you receive those shares, you are taxed. And the taxable income is the market value of the shares of vesting, which we've already discussed, right? Um, and then that is that is considered compensation, and you have to pay federal taxes, employment taxes, like Social Security, and Medicare, state and local taxes, right? And here is the deal: they basically sub they do a uh, a mandatory tax withholding that everyone's subject to. So right now, across the board, unless you have income of over a million dollars a year, it's usually gonna it's a, a flat twenty two percent on the federal withholding. So to your question, if you end up being in the 22% tax bracket or lower, you're fine. Mm -hmm. If you're in a higher tax bracket than that, you should probably be taking some of those that cash or some of those funds and setting them aside to help pay your tax bill in the future. Yeah. So look at what tax bracket you're in, which is going to be different for everyone, of course. Right. Know that they're going to withhold 22% for federal and then make the determination of is that more or less than, than what's actually needed. Yeah. And I mean, just to be clear, I'm keeping this really high level. Your company may offer a few options on how to pay taxes at vesting. I'm giving the simplest example because it's all, all typically the most common practice is that they surrender a portion of your newly delivered shares back to the company to pay for all of this. There are other ways you can do it. So if there's anyone, CPAs or other advisors listening, we don't need the, you can do this too. We know that. Um, we're just keeping it really um, high level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So I've received these shares. They vested. Um, I've, I've paid my taxes, meaning shares have been withheld to pay those taxes for me. What do I do next? Do I keep this? Do I sell it? Do I have any requirements on what I do with it? So that's the key for people to understand with RSUs is there's two components to taxation with RSUs, right? There's the, you just received the 25 grand like we explained. And then we just explained that uh, the simple version that most ha- that happens most often is some of those shares are taken away to help you pay for the taxes. Mm-hmm. So that's taken care of. You may need to pay more in taxes because you might be in a higher tax bracket than what's held as a mandatory withholding. And then the next consideration after that is ask yourself the question, hey, James, like if I could give you a $25,000 bonus right now, would you turn around and go buy the stock? Your company stock? Mm. Is that what you would do with it? Probably not. If not, well, then I think the answer becomes really clear really quickly. You can typically, so long as there's not a blackout period when the vesting occurs, which sometimes there can be, typically they're designed so that blackout periods are off when vestings occur so people can make these choices um you can just turn around and sell the stock right away if you still sell the stock the same day at the same price that you received them at there is no gain or loss for the 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 shares that you still hold right so there's two components one component is you received 25 grand those taxes were put aside that was just like compensation tax like a bonus right you just and got a now bonus. we have those net shares we still hold in our hand and the question is do i want to sell them today and then just turn them into cash. And if I do that, there should be really no big gain or loss on the sale or gain of that stock. It shouldn't have moved that much. Or do I want to hold on to it? Mm. If I hold on to it for a period of time, it'll eventually become a long-term capital gain, 
So that is one option. Um, but to your point, when I just asked, gave you that question, if you have other needs for this cash in your life, it may make sense to go ahead and sell it. Well, the way you framed it is the best way to look at it. Of, of Oftentimes people just hold, it's, it's almost that inertia principle. Okay, I just got these options, they vested, why don't I just hang on to them? Right. Well, sure, but let's be intentional about it. If you actually had $25,000, like we're using in this example, would you go and proactively purchase your company stock with that? Right. If not, well, why would you keep the 25000 you were just given in company stock if you could sell it and do something different? Exactly. And that's the key. So the key is, and what it really comes down to is the decisions based on what makes the most sense in your financial life, not anyone else's, not your friends at work, not, not, not the people who think the stock's going to go up to a bajillion dollars. If that's going to happen and you have RSUs and they're continually coming to you, well, then you get to participate in that upside movement anyway through all the vesting that's going to come thereafter, yeah. right? So a lot of it comes back to what's the money for? When do you need it? How long are you going to be at the company? And setting up a program for yourself that optimizes everything for your life, mm-hmm. right? That's where mm-hmm. a lot of the work that you end up doing with um, an employee who has stock compensation really comes in, comes in handy. Yeah, and I like what you just said. If people sometimes have this aversion to selling because they're, it's, it's that FOMO, it's this fear of, well, if the company stock keeps going up, I'm missing out. Well, not really. If you're still with that company, chances are you're continuing to vest new shares. Maybe every time you get your annual compensation review, you're granted additional shares. Right. So those shares, even if they're not vested yet, you're continuing to experience the the growth of the company if that happens. So don't feel as if you're missing out on those returns. Um, because I had the opposite scenario with a client, actually, who has, works with a company nearby. And stock price used to be very, very high. And over the years, that stock price has done nothing but go down. Well, Every single time, this person, they're paying taxes on what they've been granted, and it's worth less and less and less oh, and less. That's the worst. I always feel the worst. Like, yeah. I mean, there, we can probably go into more detail in other days about tax planning scenarios and things like that, especially for people who are going to IPO with blackout dates and all that fun stuff. But yes, making sure that your tax nut is covered from go mm-hmm. so you don't participate in the downside. Yeah. have to pay more in tax yeah. uh, than what it's worth is, is just the worst worst scenario. Yeah. You know, the, I think the other thing to consider here is be mindful, and this person did think of this in their big picture question, but where else are you going to have company stock? If it's going to be an employee stock purchase program, pardon me, employee stock purchase plan, I always want to say program, and that's not the way to say it. Or if you have individual stock in your 401k, there are other places where you may have stock for the company. So just be mindful about where's the best place to have it, what percentage do you want to have, and then always tie it back to considering any unfunded savings goals that you have that this cash can help with, Mm -hmm. right? Until your foundation's really strong, um, I mean, I know we're typically more conservative as planners, but we're probably going to lean towards, um, if we're giving recommendations, helping you build out a really strong financial foundation rather than relying on one stock to carry your load. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, one other thing I'll add, just I, I think, and you probably see this too, but a lot of times people come to us after they've uh, been receiving RSUs for the past several years. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if, hey, what do I do going forward as this vest? It's, I've already had vesting over the past several years. How do I unwind out of this, uh, these shares that I have? And mm-hmm. so with that, there's some more more detail. You want to make sure that it doesn't always make most sense just to sell everything right away. You may have some, some really large gains in there. Yep. Uh, but coordinating with things like your ESPP, your employee stock purchase plan, your income, your bonus, your other kind of taxable types of income yep. for what to do with your restricted stock units is becomes really crucial because these numbers can add up very quickly when you start looking at all your different compensation types. Absolutely. Yeah. 
that's it awesome cool thanks scott yeah um thank you enjoy the surf i will Thank you for listening to episode number 24 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to our show so you can be the first notified when a new episode is released every Wednesday morning. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review to let us know. We'd really appreciate that and it would help more people find our show. If you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website and there'll be a section on the bottom of each page where you can submit your own question for us to answer in a future episode. And thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.